Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Talk Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 395. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today I have a special co-host, Katie Bradley. Katie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you doing? It's great. We're all in the studio, and on the show today we have great guest, Sonny Joao, a senior member of the technical staff for the CMBU. He's got a great blog series out uh, on VRO 6.6, right? That is correct. Ten-part series of everything about about the product and what's new, and it's a, an amazing blog. You've spent a ton of time on it, so really excited to have you on the show and take us through all the things that you've been covering. John White is out at a customer site again. That's the problem with having a local SE in the Bay Area. He's out at customer sites doing his, his day job. So I've blessed all of you with my presence. Yes, yes, <laughs> indeed, uh, and and we appreciate that. And we are going to talk a little bit before we get into VRealize 6.6. What's the official name? V realized operation manager. Right. Okay, perfect. But before we get to that, we'll do a little bit of the news, and we'll talk a little bit about VMworld and what's happening. Some some cool stuff going on there. Really excited about that. And with Katie as my co-host, uh, Katie, you're going to be running the the VM10 community uh, area at the show in the village. It's going to be pretty cool this year. Yeah. So happy to take one thousand percent of the credit on that. <laughs> Sweet. But um. Yeah, we have a great presence at VMworld this year in both U.S. and Europe. We're going to have a VMTN community area in VM Village, and within that area, there's going to be a lot going on. So basically, our whole community ecosystem will be represented. Um, we've got bloggers, we've got VXpert stuff, we've got VXpert party, we have um, V Brownbag Tech Talks. So V Brownbag Tech Talks are going to be taking place. Monday through Thursday, we're going to have those up in Schedule Builder, and we also have podcast booths. So people like Eric and myself can come in and reserve time within those podcast booths. That schedule be, will be released later this week. Um, you'll see a blog post coming out on VMTN around that, so keep your eyes peeled. The expert nominations closed yesterday, so yes. we're starting to do the voting and processing on that, so thanks for everybody that... Uh, got their nominations in. This is just the off-cycle nomination. So. so next Tuesday for U.S., you'll see Schedule Builder. And Schedule Builder is really just the content catalog being repurposed, so you'll be able to then go into the content catalog, browse the sessions, and schedule them for yourself. Um, All right. So same link. And then for Europe, it's going to go live on Tuesday, July 25th. Um, and then I know that uh, we've got the Tech Talks now, there's almost like a hundred tech talks this year. Yeah, so we got such the a V Brown Bag tech yeah. talks that are happening in the village, yep. um, in the theater. I think we're going to have 50 seats in the theater this year, um, and we've got them in Schedule Builder. Yeah, so we in the U.S. we were overflowing. In the U.S. we were overflowing with submissions, so we are 
literally booked in VM Village back-to-back tech talks going to be happening in the entirety of VM world. So pop in whenever you're free. Schedule in your schedule builder time. We've got 50 seats available. But uh, all right. Well, with that, uh, we should move on to Sonny now that he's been sitting here patiently. So Sonny, welcome to the show. Have you ever been on the show before? I have not. I've heard about heard the show and heard the before, but I've never been never been on. Never been on. Well, what we normally do, it, because you know, you come to VMworld, you come hang out, you meet people at the community booth, uh, we always ask, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, how long have you been at VMware? And the, you know, what do you do at VMware? And then before that, what, what have you done in the industry before you got to VMware? Unless you've just been v- at VMware forever. Actually, I've been at VMware, VMware forever, uh, if I look at the years. So I've just worked around close to 14 years now. Oh. The industry and uh, around eight years of that has been spent uh, at VMware. So I've been uh, with VMware, uh, different countries, different teams, different roles. I started back uh, with uh, technical support at GSS back in Bangalore, and that was 2008, 2009. And then I uh, worked as a consultant for uh, four years in India, and then moved to Singapore, worked as a solution architect there, and then very recently, which was December this year, I moved into the BU. Which is uh, cloud management business unit as an engineer. So the role has changed and evolved over a period of time. And uh, pretty much uh, my role at VMware, uh, our at CMBU is to make sure that whatever I've learned in the field and whatever I've seen uh, customers experiencing out of our products, uh, to make sure that we can take all that feedback in and build that into the product so that uh, from day number one, they can get the value they're looking at uh, from VMware products. So now are you based in Palo, you know, in Palo Alto, you yes. know, in California, working at headquarters on the products. Yes, right. in the American dream. That has been a ge- <laughs> that has been a journey for you, I'm sure. Very it exciting. Is. You started out in support in GS, right? Yep. Um, did you uh, change degrees along the way, or did you had a computer science degree already, or are you doing computer science work now here, or are you doing program management? What, what is the when you say you're an engineer, what does that actually mean? Oh, that's a good question. I, I always ask this question to my manager. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality is that I actually started as a bachelor's in business administration, so I had nothing to do with technology. Me too. Yay. Okay, so that's where I started, right. my education piece, and then I wanted to do an MBA. But before that, I started working uh, um, back in India, and I, then I realized that I actually like computers. Nothing bad about them. And uh, slowly from there, from, from desktops and laptops stuff. and yeah. printers, I started, I moved into enterprise technologies and servers and storage, and then VMware happened. So, yeah. It's, um, it's just interesting to hear the journey that people have, because like, a lot of the guys in IT and the IT practitioner set and people are using our products and working with our products closely, mm-hmm. it, they just have fascinating journeys to yeah. get where they are. So it's, it's really cool to hear it. Absolutely. And, and I think... Uh, with my current role, it's more around uh, not actually going ahead and doing the code as an engineer, mm-hmm. but I, I work more like a technical product manager and work with the engineers, telling them what the customers actually require and vetting what they're doing at the end of the day to make sure that when the product reaches to our customers, it's, it's as per their expectation. So that's pretty much the role. So what we say is that you've had part of your brain removed so that you could step up and, you know, kind of be in a, a leadership role versus, yeah, okay, yeah, got it, that's right. right. So, the further up you go, the, the, the more less brain you have left to do anything. <laughs> I don't want to go there, actually. So I, I've been offered being a manager a number of times uh, in the past as well, but yeah. I, I kind of like the individual contributor role because I get to blog and I get to do things when, when I, in my free time rather than you know doing the management right. work. Right. So I have right. a question. 
where do you get most of your customer feedback that you then relay back on? I'm just curious. So, so far I've been, I was, uh, so if you look at the external feedback, uh, and I was mostly in field all this while before I moved into uh, engineering, and I was, I've done close to 50 plus customer engagements as a PS consultant, so I will be on site every single day. Yeah. And uh, that's where you get most of the, you know, the goods and the bads about the product and uh, the asks from the customers. And then, of course, I was GSS, and that's where you get the customers coming in and complaining. Yes. So <laughs> you get all that feedback. And then the other way, uh, which is, I think uh, has given me tremendous growth personally, is through communities. And that's where you actually get in touch with customers, even when you're sitting in your uh, living room watching a movie on your laptop. So that's absolutely amazing uh, on how VMware community is today. And for the past years, I've been, I mean, the only reason I'm here today in this job is because of my blog, because of the community supporting it. And then people within VMware saw that, and they actually encouraged me to take up this role um, from India to America now, so just kind of yeah. And just hearing that story gives me goosebumps, right? Because it's <laughs> that's like it's, that's what that's that's exactly how it has worked for most of us, right? Even if you look at John Troyer, you look at some of the big guys, right? Uh, William Lamb, all these guys. A lot of what they learn and and then sharing has enabled them to you know really to get interesting positions and do interesting stuff within the company because they're representing you know experience out in the customer ecosystem. So. That's, the, that's yeah. the motivation behind blogging, and, and the names you just took, John Troyer. When I started blogging, John was the first guy who reached out to me and asked me, oh, I see your blog, and it's interesting. Can I add it to the MTN? Can I have your, or do I have your permission to add it? And I said, hell yeah, do that. <laughs> that's right, so, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah pl- Planet V12N. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the other day, we actually had to ask, like, what did the Planet V12N, and I think on the last podcast, you know, Elsa covered it. It's like v, uh V and then 12 planet is just old planet, like the old internet web planety things. And then V12N was, you know, virtualization with the 12 characters missing, right? Wow. So there's 12 characters between V and N. So planet, and then instead of typing out virtualization, you just do V12N. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. But yeah, in that feed. So great. So uh, yeah, let's get to your blog. So you've been blogging for quite a, quite a while now. You have a, a, a nice blog. Why don't we just evangelize a little bit of your blog. What's your blog name? It's called vExpress, vexpress.blogspot.com. So I was one of those who started with Blogspot, and I decided to stay there because it gives me 100% availability and at zero cost. So, yeah, that's, that's the name of the blog. And it's been on since uh, June or July of 2012. So it's been more than four or close to five years now. Right. And uh, how many articles do you think you got up there? So around 235. 40 articles last I checked. That's, that's a lot of articles. It's yeah. funny how it just, once you get in that groove and you start publishing, yeah. you know, you just keep going, right? Absolutely. There's plenty to write about. It's, it's to the be case. honest, if I don't write for a week or so, I feel that vacuum in my life. Uh, you know, something has not happened. So. You think you're going to be shipped back somewhere now? It's all going to be taken away from you. Absolutely. <laughs> keep so there, blogging. There are days when I had no topics in mind and I made a good Indian dish and I wrote about that. So I've done that as well. You know, it's funny I tell people that, right? Even on the podcast, uh, you know, our goal for 2017 is to try to have them every week, right? Mm-hmm. And like, even if you don't have a guest, even if we've, you know, we've messed up and we didn't get the schedule of guests, I'd like, you know, invite anybody or just get and start talking about whatever, the weather, right? Yeah. Because, <laughs> because just doing it and, and, and people like to come back and read, you know, you, you, you get your, your morning paper, you read it. It's just, a, it's just a, a comforting thing to be able to, you know, surf the web, learn things from people, 
you know, have a cadence of how often you're going to have something versus, and in, in your case, V, v Realize uh, Ops Manager, that's, it's kind of a special thing, right? There's not that many people that sit around blogging just about V Realize Ops Manager. All, all. That's true. I mean, that's the opportunity which I saw because there are two things, right? One is I, I started with vSphere as well. I mean, that's the mothership, right? You start with vSphere and then yeah. you move on mm-hmm. to various different uh, channels. You go to vSAN or go into NSX and, and stuff like that. And uh, when I actually met customers on a day-to-day basis, I realized that uh, it's never the challenge is never about buying a technology. It's not about buying this particular product and then using the features. It's always around how to manage day-to operations. That is the most challenging part, which our customers... I think every customer faces who is using technology. And that's when I realized that uh, Realize Operations Manager is, and along with the suite of products, is actually a good fit in that area. And that's something which will help our customers uh, actually operationalize the technologies they're investing in from VMware and from others as well. So we have a good ecosystem uh, around what VROps can support. And uh, that, that's where the motivation came behind writing about VROps. So you have like a 10-part series on Realize Ops um, how long have you been doing? How long has that series been running? When did you do your first one? Uh, that was on the day of the release, actually. So VROps uh, six six, uh, which was released uh, released on June thirteenth, is uh, when my first article was published. And this was actually pre-written because uh, I just wrote it before the release and scheduled it because now I'm a part of the BU, so I understand when the product is coming out, and I have some more insights into into you know the little features which are which which will really help our customers. So I, I wrote this even before the product was uh, out there, and I had it in a pu- auto-publishing mode. Uh, but now I need to really go back and fill it up again. It's like a bucket, you know. You go ahead and fill it up again, and then you start publishing it out slowly and steadily so that people can consume that information. Yeah. All right. So uh, where did you start with v- v- VOPS? Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what do you think are the more interesting things you've covered, and uh, we'll just start talking about 6.6. Sure, absolutely. So uh, to be honest, I've been writing about VR ops since the time it was VCOP, so vCenter Operations Manager, and that's where uh, we did the acquisition of the product through a company called Integrin, and the product was called Alive, and then uh, it was called VCOps, and then we kind of merged that. Into yeah, we put it into a big V-Realize suite. Exactly, yeah. right. and uh, I've been writing about it about all the releases, uh, but 6.6 is uh, more special to me because so far I was writing as an outsider of reviewing the product, but this time around I'm more of an insider, understanding why those particular features uh, within the product were built. And uh, that's, that was the motivation behind writing each and every feature out there. And if you, if you go through the blog, it's actually not talking about, hey, there's a new cool feature out there, use it. Uh, what I have actually done is, uh, is uh, kind of tied that back to the customer pain points in terms of how they face uh, or face issues around, um, you know, understanding how the capacity is, understanding what issues they are facing, or getting an overview of their entire operations. And uh, that was the mindset behind building the uh, content in the product as well uh, with 6.6. So I'll take a little bit of a credit over here. If you took 1,000, I'd probably say 500%. <laughs> is that uh, all the dashboards that you see in the product out of the box is something which we have I've created along with uh, some of my other colleagues, and uh, and uh, when we we actually created them from scratch, and they were a part of the products. Of course, I was very proud about what I've done, but at the same time, I wanted to make sure that uh, it's just not a funky-looking or a cool-looking dashboard, but it actually covers a lot of use cases which customers 
uh, face on a day-to-day -day basis. And uh, that's where uh, the primary, primary part of the series, the first five parts, six parts, talk about dashboards. And uh, that's the most interesting feature of VROps, uh, by the way. So yeah, that's, that's where I covered about dashboards mostly. So what are some of the takeaways on 6.6 from a dashboard perspective? What, what has changed? What makes it better? So, uh, so just, just to kind of uh, give you a background of why, uh, why we actually went ahead and took dashboards and tried to, tried to improve that. So if you look at VR ops, and I remember um, one of my uh, social media friends uh, actually put up a picture of VR ops uh, as a cockpit of a, uh, of a plane, right? right? And he said that VR ops looks like a cockpit because there are so many buttons and colors and lights, and, and you get lost if you're not trained on it. And that was the motivation behind changing VROps with 6.6, .6, where we said that we need an anchor in the product, whereas which is the go-to phase for customers. When they get into the product, they have certain notions in their mind, certain problems that they're trying to solve. So why not we give them a getting started page, which can actually describe all those questions which they face on a day-to-day -day basis. And from that getting started page, they can read a use case and then click on a link which will directly jump into a dashboard which will answer all those questions straight away. So I hope that cockpit notion is change, will change a little bit. Uh, I'm hoping to see a reply from the same person on Twitter that it's better now. Uh, hopefully <laughs> you won't. Yeah. <laughs> you, that's not how we roll. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, simplification of use because when you're in trouble and troubleshooting stuff, you don't want to really um, you know, go through 100 screens. You want an answer quickly and that's what you get uh, from year of 6.6 .6 and all the dashboards which are there. Um, I can talk about the areas of what areas of those or what areas are there in those dashboards. So we cover operations, uh, which is more around uh, help desk of a customer, or at the same time the executives who are looking for a summary of data, and they they do not have a lot of time. They have to take quick actions and quick decisions. So we we summarized a bunch of data from their entire infrastructure into operations dashboards which they can quickly have a glance at and take a decision around, let's say, buying capacity or around uh, taking the next action into a troubleshooting uh, or maybe going ahead and uh, uh, sending or aligning certain resources to a data center because it seems to be in trouble. And then we moved on to the second category of capacity, which is a big ask from customers in terms of how much they have invested uh, in, into virtual, virtual infrastructure capacity and how much they can reclaim yeah, I see that. efficiently use capacity. Right. So those are two major categories, and then there are others. Part four, capacity and utilization dashboards in VRealize. Right. Yes. Looking at the blog, just marching us through that, right? Yeah. Uh, which clusters have the highest resource demands, right? Mm -hmm. that, that kind of stuff. So visualization, and then from that visual, you can then drill down, click on, and then drill down and get at that, uh, get get at that workflow. Yeah. Yep. yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And your blog URL is vexpress.blogspot. Dot com. Dot com. And okay. it's an express with triple S because there were certainly domain issues. I couldn't get the names. But the easy way out, out is you do Sunny Dual blog on Google and you should be able to go get there. Okay, great. So for anyone on the call, I've just shared that into our chat screen. Awesome. Now, I also see you have a lot of images in your blog, right? You're actually taking screenshots and explaining where you're at and then oh, yeah. you drill down once you uh, to, so, some work to do that. So, oh yeah, absolutely. I was actually calculating on how much time I had, must I would have spent in, in writing these blogs, and I actually failed because I realized it might be 30 minutes per article, but then I realized there are articles which I've spent, let's say, 10 hours or 12 hours just preparing for those screenshots, as you just mentioned. And uh, the, the reason behind that is is 
I wanted to make sure that when somebody lands on the block, uh, they if the person is not extremely technical or you know good with the subject, they can learn. So it it starts with basics. It always starts with basics and kind of uh, gets you the learning curve where you can get into the advanced mode by the end of the article. Uh, I've I've been a blog reader myself. I'm, I don't think there's any VMware employee who's successful without reading blogs from others, and uh, thanks to communities. And um, the, 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 if you get an article which starts with complex language and uh, you know complex problems, and they're not well defined, then it it really you know it takes me away from that article straight away. So and simplicity is one thing which I try to follow as much as possible. It's hard sometimes, but yeah, that's. That's what you will see in the articles, and that's why you have images and you know workflows which explain you things in detail but in simple language. Yeah. So I look at cluster utilization and heavy hitter VMs and some of the topics you're, you're covering in here. Like, how big a scale of a implementation do you need before went until this be, some of the stuff becomes relevant, right? Like, uh, and how much customer feedback did you get in some of these areas? that then made us start focusing on these views? So that's a great question. There are two parts to this uh, question. How much customer feedback is involved in building these? So uh, the good news is that I was a consultant for a long time, and, and my role was to go and work on design and deploy VR ops and login site and vSphere and other products at customer sites. And mostly when they would look at the product, they will say, oh, can you make me a dashboard which will tell me which are those top talkers or heavy hitters? Right. Can you make me a dashboard which can give me a quick summary of my capacity? And those things were not available out of the box uh, from dashboards perspective. So what we did is we took all that feedback, not only me, but others in the team as well, outside consultants and technical marketing, and we sat down and we decided what would be the content. And uh, I think content is the king. You can build any management product, but if it doesn't have uh, you know, relevant content, you will not have uh, a lot of usage of the product. And that's where we came up with these specific use cases or questions which we want to answer. And then I started building these dashboards. And the second part of your question is how relevant or how quickly somebody can start using it. Uh, the answer is five minutes. Uh, reason is because we have a collection cycle in VR ops of five minutes. So as soon as you install the product, point it to your vCenter server, within five minutes you will start seeing data in these dashboards. And they can be relevant to you if you are having ongoing performance problems or you know, something is down in your data center and we'll highlight that in the dashboards straight away. Yeah. Or just give you just general information, you know, in, in using this art, there's some times when you don't think you have a problem, you go take a look and you're like, you're amazed at what you're starting to see. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so, so the thing is, uh, and this is what I learned when I came to this part of, uh, of the uh, community, right, where I'm trying to develop a product. So when you, when you develop dashboards, for instance, or any content, the content is completely dependent on the kind of data feeds you will get. And usually in a lab environment when you create things, the data feed is pretty weak because you have, let's say, 10 servers, 15 servers. But as soon as you start putting this stuff in production, and we do that, we actually put a lot of these through. So our first customers are actually the VMware internal customers, like OneCloud. Right? People know about OneCloud and communities. Um, like our own production environment. Where so we're very familiar with it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we actually do an asset test of all these dashboards on these internal environments sure. and see how the data looks like. And uh, once they're ready, we ship it to the customers. Yep. Yep. 
integrating, you know, we, we now have multiple products, right? We have vSAN, we have NSX, we have vSphere. I mean, how's the integration going? When we first started with these sweet things, mm-hmm. it felt like we had we had bought yeah. five different products from five different vendors and nothing worked together. And, 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 and this, this guy never even looked at, didn't even know anything about vSAN, right? So I, I see that we now have troubleshooting vSAN. Like, how is that integration story go, going with regards to yeah, I'm a bit lucky that I'm at a time of uh, at the time in the BU when people have started thinking about or actually moving towards integration. The thought process was always there from day number one. Uh, it's just that it was a little challenging because you have products coming from different engineering teams, different development goals, and sometimes they are inorganic growth, which means you've put or you've actually acquired that product from somewhere else, and that's written in a completely different way as compared to your own products. And that was the case with VMware probably four years back, if I, if I could recall, when we decided about creating this serialized suite. At that time, it was pretty much a, you know, a, a bag of uh, different uh, branded sweets or chocolates, I would say. You, know, you can buy those goodie bags with mixture of different chocolates. But now what we've done is, uh, in the past four years, and now actually with VRF 6.6 as well, we've integrated a lot of like products or products which are popular amongst our customers out of the box for them. So things like vSAN, uh, we understand the, the impact of vSAN in the market. It's been growing like crazy. And uh, we made sure that uh, when a customer installs vSAN or uses vSAN in his environment, um, to me, data is the most important thing and data rides on vSAN. And so we wanted to make, make sure that customers get that visibility from day number one as soon as they move on vSAN. And hence, vSAN is now a part of VRLI's operations manager. So as soon as you install VROps, you point it to your vSAN cluster, it will start giving you meaningful information around uh, the performance and let you troubleshoot, it will allow you to uh, understand what is the current capacity usage and how quickly you will run out of capacity and so on and so forth. So, so yeah, that, that integration uh, has really worked out really well. Customers are liking it. And then there are other parts of the management product itself, such as the log insight or VRBC, which is our uh, costing product, all those are actually now a part of VROps itself. So you, so people ask for a single pane of glass, and uh, although it's, it's, I don't believe in that terminology, but yes, we, we kind of made sure that uh, people are able to at least log in into one product and uh, are able to jump around into different areas of the product and get the answers to their basic use cases, whether they are around logs, uh, whether they are around metrics, or around cost. And all of that is covered just through logging into one VROps. So which is, which is kind of uh, uh, customers have been asking for that, and I hope they, they like it. And we'll enhance it further as we move forward. Are, you, are we on the HTML5 web, we web client now? Yes, we are. Excellent. Excellent. The, the reason I, I don't put that out as a big feature yeah. is because that is for somebody to experience, right? I mean, if I, ha- if I give you a beautiful UI, I should not say, see, I have a beautiful UI. Yeah. I shouldn't have customers say that's yeah. right that's right just go use it and, yeah. and, and feel good about it yeah. right uh, part eight creating queries and metrics and properties using metric groups it's a metric group uh, all right so this is a hidden gem you know it's not pretty marketed by marketing and stuff but but this is where I realized that how we can make the product easier for our customers so Usually, when, when you look at the out-of-the-box content and you're troubleshooting, you would get some context to a problem. Let's say it's a complex problem, and you don't get real good answers from dashboards and reports or alerts. And that can happen, because troubleshooting is a vast area. Like right. So 
then is when user goes into a god mode. We call it a god mode because uh, it's where you go into all metrics. When you go into all metrics, you're actually saying, show me all the metrics. I will go through each one of them one by one and decide what is good and what is bad or take my next action based on that. So okay. we said, uh, why not we actually group some of the most important metrics together and put them in a metric group and then create a query, a simple English language query, which will allow the customers to list all the metrics straight away. So for an example, is my cluster running out of capacity? Let's say if you have that question in your mind and you are in all metrics, then instead of going and finding those capacity metrics, you can just double click on that query, which will automatically pull these four or five metrics which are related to capacity. And similarly, I've created others. And these are not out of the box, but uh, these are some, this is something which is showing you the power of the product in terms of how you can customize it to your specific needs. And this is across any object. So it might not be just vSphere, but if you're monitoring a EMC or a Dell storage array, or if you're monitoring a NetApp storage array, you can create your own queries uh, by using metric groups. Nice, nice. I like it. Speaking of that, like, um, who's your competitor? Your competitor in this? Because this is just like drill down <laughs> ops, everything ops. So, like, who else is providing this? I'm like, well, okay, we got hands on lab and we got uh, training, right? Training classes. So, you know, let's just stop for a moment talking about the 10 part blog series and go like, if you, you know, there's a, there's a lot to this product. What, what are my choices to go learn uh, you know, in, in, in this? I, I assume that, you know, our support, our training group in GS has some kind of class on, on this you can go take. Is that true? Absolutely. So uh, that's a great question. Actually, there's no competition. They're all in together and we're trying to make it successful for, um, and it's, it's, it's a, a double-edged sword, right? I'm sitting over here because you saw my blog uh, and you said, okay. And I need to do a shout out to the CloudCred uh, yeah. site uh, with Noelle because she brought us going, hey, she's got like a 10-part task series to go get you starting to learn about learn yeah. about this and go engage with your blog. So, so Noelle, thanks a lot. Go play CloudCred. We are always keeping tasks up to date and fresh up there. I promised her I'd do a shout out there. So there's the shout out. So go. yeah, you're right. We're not in competition, but where are alternative places to go learn about this stuff? And great, one great is question. class. But I actually want to talk about uh, a couple of things here, maybe more than a couple. So uh, part of VR ops, uh, or when we talk about VR ops and learning VR ops. Uh, there are a couple of things. One is you learn the product, right? We learn what are the various knobs and bells and whistles within the product. The second is you learn the art of troubleshooting or using the product where you understand how you can customize it further and use it for various different use cases. Now, uh, of course, the first thing is hands-on labs, which is available, and there are a number of labs around VROPs which help you and learn about or do a hands-on on the product. The second thing is, if you if you notice on my blog itself, there's something called a VRLize Operations uh, Webinar Series. And uh, that's on the right-hand side, one of the icons. And uh, that icon actually takes you to, uh, I think now we have 15 episodes. So we do a monthly episode every month, and this is open to all, to community. And this is done by me and Simon E.D., who's a consultant at ExtraWord, works for VMware as a contract consultant. And we have been doing uh, one hour to two hour worth of episodes every month since January 2016. And mm -hmm. these are about um, each and every part or feature of the product and telling and, and basically tying them to customer use cases on how you can use the product. And uh, these, these are just not slideware. This is slides plus uh, most of the time it's demos. So we go into a live environment 
and show customers how you can use the product. So that is a pretty uh, popular one which, which customers and, and even internal employees use or refer to when they want to learn about specific areas in the product. So you can find this at v, vexpress.blogspot.com slash 2016 slash 03 slash VROPS webinar series dash 2016 dash webinar dot HTML or you can just Google it. But hey, yeah, I gave yeah. it to you. Hit replay and listen to that again. Uh, the easier right. way would be uh, you go into vexpress.blogspot.com, you scroll down on the right-hand side, you will see a big green icon saying VROPS webinar series. You click on that and you will see all the 15 episodes in one place. And they're on YouTube as well. Or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is Sunny Lua. Nice, nice. Okay, so we got, we got some training. You've got your, you transitioned to your own webinar series, <laughs> and we have a couple hands on labs. Yeah. I, no. didn't, I didn't actually throw that across the plate so you could hit it that far, <laughs> but good job on that. Thank you. Now, there are others as well, of course. Uh, we, uh, there is... Uh, GMU series, which is run by Technical Marketing. So Dave Overbeek, John Diaz, and, and Hisham are the heroes there, and they really do some good stuff around uh, training our customers and partners, and they have that webinar series. We have a webinar series done by Product Marketing, uh, which I'll be hitting on next week or probably in a couple of weeks, which is uh, done through VM Live. So there are multiple, multiple areas, and and the, your friend is actually Google. So if you just Google VROPS and uh, and yeah, yeah you get, 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 get all that stuff. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, I know you've got a couple sessions coming up at VMworld, or at least I believe you do, right? Yes. So maybe we should talk a little bit about them as well. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I've, I'm also signed up for rebrand back session. So thanks to Alistair. Ah. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, we did that in 2015, 2016, and this year around as well. And this year we'll be in Schedule Builder, so you'll actually have people in the white chairs. Awesome in front of you versus <laughs> the previous years where the poor guys would come up and do a talk and you'd be on camera, but there'd be like two people sitting and they, they're mostly your friend and your other friend. <laughs> but with the in Schedule Builder, we should have a good audience. So, okay, so you've yeah. got, what do you got? So we have uh, one session and actually that is broken down into multiple parts. And this is actually a, a, a workshop which was developed back in Singapore uh, by Iman, uh, myself, and uh, Canon three people or three partner in crime. And this workshop is called Operationalize Your World. Uh, and it sounds so pretty uh, old school, but uh, this workshop... I like it. <laughs> all right, cool. That's good. So it, it, it's something which started as a VMworld session back in 2015. We presented about performance SLAs to customers in 2015 and how you can do performance SLAs with VROPS. And customers liked it. And we were like, wow, this is good. And then this is now converted into a two-day workshop which we run with our large enterprise customers, telling them how they can operationalize or run SDDC operations. And this is not limited to um, the product itself. We don't even talk about VROPS or product uh, or which products you want to use because we understand and believe that products are just a vehicle to, uh, to meet a particular need, right? It's just a mean to an end. Uh, but we talk about how customers need to change their operations on uh, the way they've been running it and in the physical world and now in the virtual world, and now with SDDC and cloud. And our session is about that. So we'll, we'll talk about, we have sessions in Barcelona as well as in, in Las Vegas. And uh, we have customer workshops, uh, which, is, uh, which is an invite-only workshop. But those will run actually three hours uh, a, a time, and there'll be two workshops a day. So, and so we have a number of sessions, but only a couple in the official session builder. Okay, yep. good. Great. Good. And... Um, 
if if I think that uh, V Realize the whole suite, if you're a V expert, I think you get a year license for that, right? Um, it, I believe there's probably a 60 day trial. I always transition. Uh, how do people get involved in this? How do they go get the bits? How do they get started? What's the best way? Um, we talk a little bit about, you know, how many virtual machines should you be running before this starts to make sense? I don't know if I really got that answer from you or not. Like, you know, like how big, I, <laughs> if I've got five virtual machines, I mean, it might be fun to play with, but is this going to be useful for me? When does it become, where's that break-even point where you start seeing real value in debugging things? If I've got X amount of vSAN, X amount of uh, VMs, how many vCenters? That kind of stuff, and then um, where do I where do I go? I guess I go get a trial and get this set up. How hard is it to get a set up to to, to start using this kind of start stuff? Start with the hard. Yeah, part. I, I throw a bunch of questions, and you can just pick them apart. Yeah. So I start with the install and configure part. So I I've, I've used most of the VMware products, uh, like 50 plus now, uh, maybe more than that. And I believe uh, the kind of work CMBU has done on install and configure of VROPs or VROPs or login sites. And now VRA, it was not that easy back a uh, year back or so. Um, it's, it's absolutely amazing. So as a user myself and as, as my team itself, were, their, their teams were testing the product, they usually get VROPs built within, within 30 minutes or so. So you can just put in the ISO, give an IP address, and you, boom, you're, you're on. And uh, from a configuration point of view, you just point it to the vCenter you're managing. And let's say if you are a home lab user and you have a vCenter with 10 VMs or 15 VMs, you can get started with that. So yeah, and you're going to get enough data that uh, this stuff's going to be interesting to look at. Absolutely, because we collect every five minutes, so we have enough data by the end of the day for you to go ahead and you know understand how VROPS works, look at the alerts which have, might have triggered in the environment, and and uh, also learn the product at the end of the day. And you're right, 60 days is the evaluation period. I am not sure uh, if we experts get a one year. I'm a yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah, we get we experts get a one year license for everything, and I know it's in there. Yeah, I, was just, I was just saying that. It's just that I've been a V expert for five years. It's just that I've never required a license. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, and some guys don't actually need them because they get they get the product suite from their from you know yeah. from their ink, and yeah. so it's all good. But if you need it, we try to get it to people. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, good. And um, are you, you know, do you get out of the office very much and go meet with customers? Uh, are, you, are you doing presentations? What is what is your outbound look like these days? It's a lot of presentations, actually. So yes, I, I do. So in my current role as well, I, I kind of play the role of customer success as well within the VU. So I, I do get a lot of escalation sometimes and sometimes uh, you know, basic ask in terms of how do we do things with the product. So I do talk to customers a lot. I do visit them as well if it's required. Um, you know, if it gets a little major, then you can go on site, which is kind of nice. I do go to the engineering offices as well. So I want to give a shout out to the engineers of VROPS uh, uh, just to let people know that the entire product, uh, most of it, is now developed uh, in a country called Armenia and in a city called Yerevan. And uh, if you go and search in Google, it's Eastern Europe uh, or Western Asia. It's right, so okay. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful country. I was there for a couple of weeks uh, uh, a month back, and, and those engineers are awesome. So a big shout-out to all you guys. Yeah. Great. We'll have, to, we'll have to get the MP3s to them and make sure they can hear what you're doing. I make sure. Yeah, very nice. So you get out of the office, you visit the engineering teams, you do some customer liaison, right? Uh, uh, 
and then success, we do the success uh, kind of guy. Yeah, right. And we do webinars and DM lives where we, of course, present to customers. All right. I know you can't talk about product features, you know, because that's just not what we do here. Mm-hmm. But uh, what makes you excited in this space? Like, what, what do you see that where the future is besides Alexa doing everything for us, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but, yeah. so I think I was on a podcast uh, a few days back. Cloud. Cloudinsiders.fm, if you've heard about that. Sure. It's mm-hmm. was about, it was about uh, how do you manage your uh, clouds and, vir- and virtual infrastructures and operate them. And there was a point uh, where we discussed about what's the future. Right. And, uh, and I think what we, what we learned from that discussion was uh, that machine learning is something which is the future, of course, in space of operations, where you, you want a piece of software to go ahead and understand what's going on in your environment and then take a remediation or an action against that issue. So that's that's something which is big. IoT is a big space as well. We all know that, you know, we, we just with a click of a finger, you will want to do things in your house and uh, if things are not going right, then you would want something to monitor and tell you that, you know, your, your, your refrigerator is not working and stuff like that. So the space of monitoring operations and management itself is, is kind of increasing every day. It's just that it's gone beyond the traditional data center. And uh, as it's increasing, uh, I see more of machine learning. I see more use of tools such as VROps and LogInsight and others in the market, which will just keep expanding and adding these new capabilities, uh, which will help you go beyond your data center and start looking at other things as well. There's some cool examples, right? Um, the IoT stuff. Uh, so we, we've been working with VROps and doing uh, IoT stuff. And at the same time, there are guys out there who created uh, blogs on uh, how they're monitoring of uh, a physical or how they're monitoring their nest systems through VROps and stuff like that. So it's a it's a data agnostic platform so it, and it's extensible. So you can feed in anything into it and it'll give you and the analytics will run on top of it. So machine learning analytics is the future and uh, it'll go beyond the data center is what I can say. I think that you, you, you slowly are getting into a more you know, interesting space every year. You know, when we first got into management, everybody was yawning, going, "Wait a minute, HP already does this. Why would we? You know, HP Insight, those guys. Why? Why do we need yet another? You know, well, because we're managing VMs, right? But now, as you as as we get into this automation, artificial intelligence, you know, machine learning, and you start, you know, putting putting this in into the mix, it it becomes a hot yeah. space, right? Yeah. And an interesting fun space at the same time. And absolutely, you're you're right, and and. And I would I would be like you would say five years back, oh, we have this big four, and why do we want to go into the space at all? It's just that to be uh, to be into the st- stage of artificial intelligence and machine learning and blah blah blah, you need to first learn the basics and make mistakes and learn from them. And that's where you start with the simple things of starting with metrics and logs in a data center, and then you learn a lot from there. And as you mature into that space, you would move forward and do things like what you just mentioned. And with our wavefront acquisition, we are de- definitely, uh, from an application standpoint, we are going to that direction so that our developers can actually uh, look at uh, uh, whatever metrics they want to look at uh, based on whatever development they have done and get quick and easy answers. Yeah, we got we got the, we had the guys from Wavefront in yep, uh, the other day. Uh, yeah, Bill was here, and it was great. Uh, really interesting space as well, and a good acquisition. Uh, and I, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't take it a, a good segue here in the last couple of minutes. Um, AWS and managing, you know, things on AWS, and you know, the, we're we're connecting, you know, uh, NSX connects over to AWS. You can make extend your data center. Um, 
where do you see management around AWS happening? Any any thoughts around that space? That's a that's a great question and actually timely as well. So uh, when when the messaging of AWS was out, uh, the simple message was that. Uh, Mr. Customer, you're running a private cloud, you're running a private data center, and you want to go and get public cloud because of the economies of scale and other reasons, et cetera, right? And of course, Amazon is, is the leading market player there, so you want to go with Amazon. And hence, uh, uh, the challenge with that is that you would have to go ahead and change your applications or look at a long period before you could actually migrate over, and then sometimes you don't have a way back into your data center as well. And that's where we decided that, uh, of course, the partnership between VMware and Amazon made it all worth for our customers because now we can actually uh, deploy the same SDGC stack in the public cloud of Amazon without changing your applications. And the NSX actually overlays the network, so you're absolutely fine with that. But uh, we also had a thought about how do you manage all this with private and public in a single space now? Uh, the good news is that all our products, uh, we're actually in, in the works of right now certifying all our products, which are the VRealize suite. And uh, I can say that, uh, and it's pretty obvious that we will support Amazon uh, and our AWS cloud, or VMC cloud, basically, with all our products in uh, in uh, VRealize suite. So you, if you are a customer, and I have this actually running in my environment, if you are a customer, you go and sign up for VMC, you get your vCenter, you just point to that vCenter and VROPS and you do the exact same management of capacity, troubleshooting, operations, alerts, as you do for your private cloud. So from operation standpoint, there will be zero changes which a customer needs to uh, learn or adopt to, so which is absolutely fantastic and a great story in my mind. Yeah, I think it is a very concrete, very real, something that brings benefit to anybody that's you know kind of having a dual data center situation, one in AWS, one in my, my home data center, yeah, those just apply then. Yep. Absolutely. Very good. Very nice. Um, where do people follow you? Are you on Twitter? Do you, am, yeah, uh, you obviously have your blog, so that's not, that's not one that we have to worry about, vexpress.blogspot.com. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter. It's at uh, Sunny underscore Dua, so that's, that's there. And, uh, yeah, so it, I think Twitter is important because uh, – uh, you can you can talk about your blog. You can learn about other people as well. So I've been there for for some time now. Don't have a lot of followers. I hope they will bump up now since I'm on Communities Podcast. <laughs> All right. If you're listening to this, get out your mobile phone at s u n n y d u a. Right. We'll give him we'll give him at least twelve follower extra followers. From, if you can follow well, I, I right now, it's not There you go. We'll, we'll 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 do some evangelization for you there. Um, you know, I just I just want to say thanks for thanks for that. It's a great blog and it's an interesting product set. It's it's more interesting as time goes on. And you know, if you're if you haven't gonna checked out his ten part series, go check it out. It's it's good if you're already a vRealize operations manager, you know, expert. Then you know, no worries. But um, a lot of us aren't, and it's becoming more interesting every year. So good stuff, good stuff. Well, thanks for, a lot for coming on the show. Uh, any last shout-outs before uh, before we hit the big red stop button and, and, and call it another another week? I just want to call, say thank you to you guys and all the awesome work with communities and we experts and all these programs. I mean, I can tell you that uh, I get emails and on LinkedIn and you know people send emails who are outside of VMware, but they have a way to reach out to us. And at the same time, 
I see the excitement out there where people want to be a part of the entire community by some way or form. And uh, I come from India, and I, I've not seen blogging as a big you know, uh, thing in India. But now if I go back and search for just blogs on VMware, there are thousands of people writing blogs on VMware from India. So I'm pretty excited about uh, uh, being in this space. And again, thank you for all the hard work for all the years that you guys have done on, on building this community. Keep going. It's, it's yeah. good. True. That's awesome. No one's ever said that before. Well, yeah. All right. Well, hey, great podcast, great show. Thanks for coming all the way over to the studio and sitting here with us. That's always fun versus being on the phone. And uh, next week, we're going to try to get William Lamb and Alan Renouf to come on the show and talk about the hackathon where we're going to do some really great hackathon stuff this year at VMworld. I know one of the themes is going to be Alexa. We're going to give away a couple hundred Alexa uh, uh, Echoes, Amazon Echoes, uh, this year. And there's source, source out there to hack them, to make them control vCenter. Maybe we'll yeah, VR ops. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So uh, should be really fun. And if you guys haven't registered for VMworld yet, um, guys, get out there, register for VMworld. We're looking for registrations. We're starting to hammer that hard and uh, make sure everybody gets registered for either Europe or US because it's that time. Thanks a lot. We'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening. Tax day is coming. Oh no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.